Welcome to the Watch OK Please podcast, a podcast where three friends try to convince each other to devote what little time they have left to watch more TV and or movies than they've ever wanted to watch. Please join us while we argue about our media cues and waste everyone's valuable time on things that just don't matter. Hey Watchers, it's Jason, and thank you for joining us on another episode of the Watch OK Please podcast. This feels surreal to say, but this is episode 78. I want to give a big thank you to our fans who have been tuning in every week. This week, Nine and Dan give their feedback on the show Trying, available on Apple TV+. We discuss how Brexit has permeated Britain's collective consciousness, the closed captioning of Scottish football games, and Rafe Spall's strikingly forgettable face. If you're digging this podcast, please subscribe and rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or just give us a shout-out on our social media pages. Finally, if you have a show or movie you want us to watch, please leave us a voicemail on our Anchor page at anchor.fm backslash watchokplease. Alright, watchers, grab your passports because London's calling as we discuss trying. Watchers, so we're back. So last week I recommended the show Trying to Diane and Dan. We didn't mention this in the pitch, but afterwards we discussed, we decided we were going to watch the first three episodes. It's now been a week. You guys have had a chance to watch the show. So, Dan, Nyan, what did you guys think? Uh, it wasn't, it, it's watchable. I, I mean, I, I guess I, it, it's not bad. I, I just wasn't really drawn in the way I was hoping to be because a lot of the Apple plus stuff has been surprisingly good. And this was, it wasn't bad at the end of the day. Like I, I was actually surprised. It looks like it's got four seasons or at least three seasons ready to go. And there was like a, a a slot for a fourth season when I was looking at uh, Apple TV plus, but I didn't check and see if it was actually there. I think that's correct. No, the fourth season hasn't come out yet, but I think it's supposed to come out this summer. Gotcha. So yeah, I'm always just used to, British shows having really overwhelmingly charming actors. And I just, these guys were fine. I, I, I didn't find them particularly <laughs> compelling. It was funny because in the pitch, you mentioned that I would recognize Rafe Spall and I did not. Um, like I just didn't he, recognize. He looks like, so familiar to me, honestly, when I, when I, I saw I just, him. I, he, he just seemed like another guy on the. Like Esther Smith reminded me as someone else, but. Like I was like just like, I was racking my brain, you know, when I was looking at his, you know, his um, IMDb, and I, I think at the first time I probably saw him definitively was probably when he was in Men in Black International. He was an Asian C in that for those for those of you listening out there. So I do distinctly remember seeing his face there for the first time. I think okay because I don't because I, I don't remember. I don't think I saw Fallen Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. I think I didn't think I watched that one. Oh, that's right. He was the villain in that movie. Right, I, didn't, I don't think I watched that one, so I probably would have recognized that first for Men in Black, but Men in Black International was probably the first one I saw, first thing I saw him probably. I didn't know Men in Black International was a thing until you just mentioned it, and <laughs> the last Jurassic Park I saw was the original. In the well, okay, okay, people like to make the joke about they, they, what they'll do is they'll, they'll have a, a meme with because with the same actor and actress basically who play uh, 
Thor and Valkyrie in the MCU happen to be the same actor and actress who are in Men in Black International. So they do a lot of these like, you know, meme flip flops between the two of them, you know, with that. It's kind of a, not, it was kind of like a reboot of the series. I haven't actually seen it, but they, you know, Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith were, I don't think they were in it at all, or maybe they, I haven't seen it. They they have like a, like like a clip from afar showing that it could have been them in the movie. Mm -hmm. But that was it. They they were they actually didn't they were physically weren't in the movie even as like you know, cameos even. Mm. They but they they kind of said oh, this is supposed to be um this is supposed to be a K over here at this at this one stage in the game and then yeah that's it, it's supposed it's supposed to be him but you always see the back of his head pretty much. Okay, this is starting to sound familiar, but it just doesn't ring a bell. I, I, it was very late at night and I and I had a lot a lot of whiskey when I watched it, so <laughs> I probably had a better experience than most people had with that. But yeah. Go figure. Nice. I, I had totally written this out of my brain too until you just <laughs> mentioned it now. So, okay, somehow you have managed to miss the entire film career of Rafe Small, who yeah. is a very successful film actor, I promise you. I'm sure he is. Right. <laughs> so are a lot oh, of actors that I'm not aware of. I just <laughs> but yeah, but I but I, I also had forgotten him because I forgot he was also in uh that movie about um a Shakespeare, what was it? Uh, Anonymous. Forgot he was in that too, because because I, I know about that because I we received a movie tie-in book, Care of My Grandma, and I did remember like again, I was I did see that. I I was most likely uh under the influence of some whiskey possibly or some beer. But yeah. <laughs> it happens. All right. So Dan, uh it sounds like Nyan is sort of a meh on the show. Dan, uh can you tell me what did you think? Yeah, absolutely. I, again, uh, and full disclosure, I, I did watch this one with Cheryl. Um, I want I get I, I gauge to see her interest because you know, she watches um, Call the Midwife, for example. So there, there's a certain you know kind of uh, tie-in that's there vis-a-vis you know pregnancy and her parent parenting, so to speak. You know, it's, it's a little less on the medical side and more obviously more on the kind of the 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 process the relationships etc that involved here and so yeah we actually did have a very good time we actually made it uh, through episode four and probably the only reason why we didn't go further was just time this week that we did not have <laughs> so I th- I think that there's a very strong possibility we will I think we'll definitely finish season one for sure and then we'll have to see timing wise if we can you know manage to squeeze in two and three before four comes out um, I mean I, I think it, I think Cheryl if if, if I don't com- decide to go on beyond season one I think she's has a very high likelihood she will she will finish it all. Mm. It could, but yeah, I I did enjoy again some of the some of the situational comedy. You know, for me, it gets you know it's really interesting when situational comedy gets to the point where you like scream as so like why the hell did you just do that kind of thing? Um, and it, it does kind of you know kind of get to you in some cases, and so again, and I have this kind of little love hate thing that goes on with that. So I usually hate it while I'm in the moment. But when the episode or when the the scene or the or the you know, that part of it ends, I'm like, wow, okay, they, that was really that kind of made sense with how this plot was going. So it's it's very interesting how I have I I, I kind of struggle with that. But yeah, I, I think I think like you know I had, I had I had a really good time. There were a lot of you know again interesting characters, um, you know, to that end. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to like think about you know like if I was you know we were overseas and we were you know we're gonna meet Jason somewhere in Primrose Hill, right? You know, for a pint or something like that, right? And I happen to meet these people by accident someplace. Would I even like pay attention to them or get or would like we check up a conversation? It'd be one of those kind of funny things, like, hmm, because I have to admit I am more of a barbecue chip kind of guy. 
that's fair. Like, Esther Smith's character started to grow on me a little bit. And I wanted to like it more just from the fact that they were every once in a while they would do things like throw people's phones in the water and do like those (laughs) classically obnoxious things where I was like, oh, I get it. Like, and I find them endearing as opposed to sharing the frustration of the person whose phone just got thrown in the water. But (laughs) I didn't bridge the gap for me for some reason. I just like it didn't never fully clicked. I kept thinking, I want this show to be catastrophe, which I, have you guys seen that <laughs> on Amazon? I know, I know, I know of it. I haven't seen it. But. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, cause that felt kind of similar, but for that pulled me in more. I, I was, I'm really infatuated with Sharon Oregon. That's probably part of it, but um, <laughs> you know, it just kind of, yeah, it, I think maybe it, it started to get better as, as time went by, but not enough where I'm like, I definitely need to sit down and watch and binge the rest of this. I mean, kind of to your point on the pitch, if if we're going to use this to get a, a sense of what your life was like when you were living in London, I could do that with the sound off and just let it play. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, that's the thing. And then maybe even just have subtitles. Like if they say something interesting, I can go back. So yeah, I, I guess it's, I, I could potentially keep going with this. I, I might try it, like give it a couple more episodes because I only got through the first three, but it's not still pulling me in. I mean, they pulled in heavy hitters like the therapist from Ted Lasso is Jason's boss at some point, which is kind of cool. Right. Um, and then, Oh yeah. Yep. And then Jason's also a teacher. So this is like, this felt <laughs> a little like even gets more on the nose. Cause then we talked about the character, one of the main characters being named Jason and this, you know, kind of mirroring your life. And then, then the, the but you didn't mention the teacher part, which is. I have right. forgotten about yeah. that, that he's a teacher. Yeah. The first no, no, but no, yeah. I, no I, th- I think that was, it was good because it was a kind of a pleasant surprise in that end. And I would see glimpses of of, it, of getting better, like that scene on the bridge with the X. I think it, I think it's episode two. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, episode two. Yeah. That was great. That was a really mm. good moment. Um, yeah. And then it kind of just went back to the show. And it, that X was played by an actress named Kush Jumbo, who shows up in things randomly all the time. Who I actually really like. Um, cool. Hold up, hold up. You have seen Kush Jumbo, but you've never <laughs> seen Ray right. Small in anything. Yeah, I probably have. I just don't remember him. Very unremarkable. <laughs> that, is, that is that is pretty oh. funny. I will I will pull up Kush Jumbo's IMDb while while we continue discussing. No, this. I, I think I think this I think this is something why. we should definitely definitely kind of address at some point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I can already see the drop of of certain characters or certain situations that are coming here and there, and I think that you know I could definitely see how on a dramatic perspective things could progress in various different ways. So like I said, I kind of want to see where these, again, I don't know if these are actual art plot, plot nuggets or not, but I'm interested to see where those kind of take us. If, if that is where, where it's going. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it's the most plot heavy show I've ever seen. Um, like to me, it sort of like bridges the gap between like a traditional situational comedy and sort of modern, you know, like uh dramedy, if that right. makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Making that Ted Lasso jump. Exactly. It was doing Ted Lasso before Ted Lasso by six months. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. It's, so it's interesting, Nyan, that you didn't love it. Because for me, one of the things I, I really like about the show is I just find it so charming. In fact, rewatching this, I hadn't seen the first three episodes since I watched it the first time. And I wasn't sure if I was going to, you know, I was like, I sure hope I like it as much as I did. And I actually still found it just as charming as I did. And there was all these places and locations that I recognized. But even beyond that, 
I just love the interplay between the two characters. To me, they just feel like such a natural, organic couple, particularly like couples I know who are in their 30s who don't have any kids. This is kind of what I imagine their life must be like. Not the actual trying, but, you know, like right. just what's what's life? What is their interplay on a, a daily basis? Um, as someone who had kids by the time he was 30, I have no clue. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I just sort of like estimate based on other couples I've seen. Uh, but for me, when I was that age, you know, I was like running around taking kids to soccer practice and whatnot and then rushing home to make dinner, yeah. which they apparently want to get into. Uh, I don't think they know what they're getting themselves into. Uh, but <laughs> it sounds great when you don't have the kids yet. I mean, it is great once you have them, but it's, uh, yeah. you know, they're like, yeah, we'll have a couple kids and then we'll have a party. Yay! You know, it's interesting to see kind of that dynamic, you know, uh, you know, I, I rent, you know, I rent myself. So I do, I do kind of feel that piece of it that they, they, they talk about, you know, obviously in, the, in three and, and eventually four as well. And uh, that being said, you know, I think, I think that they're, 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 I think their flat is like super neat, super cool. Like, like mm. you, you were saying, it's, this is a really neat area, you know, because you know it's you know Prim, Primrose and and Camden are right next to each other or whatnot, and I think that, that I do like the area, and I do like you know when they were in the market there, I remember seeing some of those like similar scenes. Obviously, this I've seen it. This is like way way long ago, like well before this was even filmed, but you, you, I can kind of see kind of elements of what I saw back then and how Jason, you were talking about how things have kind of been built up and kind of you know poshified for lack of a better term to an extent. And I think that was I think it was really neat because it was kind of it kind of did kind of play a little bit with my memory in that regard. So it was kind of neat in that regard for me. And I do think you're right about it being pretty reflective of what a, a childless couple in their 30s would be like. It, mm-hmm. And they, you see that interplay, and there was a certain charm there. Certainly, it, and I guess that's one of the, the positive things I can say about it is that it felt accurate in its portrayal of that. Like it didn't feel forced, it didn't feel inorganic, it didn't feel stupid, silly, or over the top. It felt right, you know. So I'll definitely give him that. Mm. But but Rafe Spall and Esther Smith's charms, like they didn't, I guess they didn't like worm their way into your heart like they did uh, like me or or it sounds possibly like Cheryl and Dan too. Right. I mean, I th- yeah, I think, I think Cheryl, like I said, I, I think she definitely was like hooked probably by three quarters of the way through episode one, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And then like, and I, I was probably there probably by... End of episode two, probably. Esther Smith started to grow on me, so maybe if I gave it a couple more episodes, I might get pulled in more. But yeah, I don't. I don't know if Ray Spall is going to do it for me. <laughs> this might not be my guy. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, I, I do appreciate it because I think this is episode four. So I, I mean, I mean, well, I mean, you you probably seen his T-shirt collection already to an extent. Oh yeah. So 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 he definitely you know is ev- evocative of of the area that he's from. Because he has a, a great degree of you know of t-shirts and a lot of them punk rock related t-shirts and more specifically Ramones t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 pretty it's pretty neat, you know. So I, I thought you know there is like you know, you know I used to be like all about you know getting t- I still do a lot of t-shirts and whatnot. I have like you know I'm wearing a you know a little cute uh, Star Wars related shirt right now. But again, everyone has like their fandom that they go to and they kind of want to sport that when they go out. So I, I do remember having that where I'd be in t-shirts all the time like that. So there's a, I do appreciate that element to him. So. 
And thankfully, he was—he didn't come off as the kind of guy who was, whose personality was based off the T-shirts he was wearing. He actually seemed to have <laughs> his own personality. Like I just—I just had yeah ironic T-shirts just so I didn't have to have a personality. It was very helpful. He—he <laughs> he actually does have a fully formed personality, which is nice. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask was, and I because I didn't bother to do the research to try and figure this out. Is this supposed to be pre-post Brexit, pre or post, or ignoring Brexit? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Um, when was the first season that came out? Uh, it came out 2020, which um, that should be Brexit. Okay. Yeah, so I, I was, yeah, that's a good question. I haven't thought about that, but I'm, I'm guessing that they're just, they're just assuming that it already happened at that point and, you know. Well, I don't think people in London are walking around every day going, Brexit, 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 Brexit. It certainly felt like they were, honestly, if the, if the news was any indication. When it was going down, I was, every day, it came up at work on kind of a pretty regular basis, because the company I was working for at the time had a really right. big UK presence. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of, I was trying to figure out Brexit a lot, and I had to ha- have conversations with customers and, and vendors and stuff about Brexit a lot. So well, see, see, for me, I, w- I would wake up in the morning and if my hair was more than a little bit, you know, out of whack or tussle, I'm like, like, don't go out looking like Boris Johnson, dude. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, no one should go out looking like Boris Johnson, including Boris Johnson. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Stay home. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 on this, on this point, nine, we trust you. Sorry. <laughs> Low blow. Low blow. <laughs> Oh, worth it though. Yeah, so I I, I think that you know, I'm just curious because I mean I did enjoy like again all the scenes with the ex. I think that that you know how they were interacting with him. I'm just thinking you know, like if I ever was in that situation, like you know how would I even approach and handle that situation? I'm like that is like unfathomable because again I I don't regularly speak with the vast majority of my exes. Um, there's probably only like maybe one that I think I'm like, you know, actually legitimately, you know, I will, I can message her right now if I wanted to. And there's not that many of them. honestly. So it's very interesting to see how, like, you know, how she reacted. And I think there was a lot of, you know, I would say this more modern kind of relationship speak that was thrown out there. So I'd be interested to see what people that were older than us, like significantly older than us hearing about basically, terms like emotionally unavailable and toxic masculinity. And, and I would really love to hear what the, those people have to say about that. Cause that was a, it was a very kind of modern take on a scene that has probably been done a zillion times over on, in various different types of series and movies out there. So there's something that I, I thought about. I think this crew right here is the opposite of toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly try to be. <laughs> try to be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I think our spouses would come to us occasionally and be like, "Could you, could you just be a little more like masculine? Like, feel <laughs> yeah. free to like get that edge of toxic. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You can be you can be a little you can be a little fiery if you want." <laughs> I think after I've you know gotten into sports later in life, I've become more toxically masculine while watching sports. <laughs> so she kind of gets that, which is which helps. But maybe that's the right edge. Like I, I <clears throat> while I'm watching the sporting event. Definitely yelling a lot of things and being obnoxious, but then I turn it off for the for the everything else in my life. As we <laughs> as we record on the eve of Tom Brady's second retirement, 
Yeah. <laughs> this one might actually stick. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's funny, like, Diane, you're talking about, like, how you get, like, so aggressive and angry when you're watching sports. We've had the opportunity to watch several football games together. I think we're the most chill football fans there are out there. Like, literally, <laughs> you're a Giants fan. I'm a Commanders Washington football skins fan. And, yeah. like, literally, whichever team wins, we go, oh, well, that's yeah, exactly. nice. Good for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no like you know punching punching the pretzel or chip bowl. There's no you know you know throwing chairs or you know, there's nothing like that going on here. Not no, not a whole lot of expletives being thrown. I, I could not even fathom the idea of nine throwing a chip bowl at a football game. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. I love chips way too much to ever do that. So I I I, I, I feel you there, man. I think I do get I do get visibly upset like when the Celtics do like poorly. Well, when when they kind of give it away at the end, like there have mm. been a couple of games this season where I was like, ah, guys, you're killing me. Even though they're like doing amazingly well, they're still they were having points in the season where they were slipping up a little bit, and I was getting upset. And that's really the closest thing to it. Are Are you telling me? I don't think I knew this. Are you a Celtics fan, Diane? I converted maybe a year ago. I actually hated the Celtics for many years because there was a kid I went to elementary school with who was obsessed with the Celtics. I mean, mm. and would wear the jacket all the time and, and talk about them all the time. So I just hated them. I was a Knicks fan. In New Jersey? Someone right. was doing that in New Jersey. That's the worst part. Like he had no on. good reason to. And come so on. I hated Mike Stowicki so much <laughs> and his obsession with the Celtics that when I got up here to Massachusetts, I was like, I, I still don't like the Celtics because of Mike Stowicki. And then I, I was like, I don't need to worry about Mike Stowicki anymore. He's an idiot. He doesn't seem to have done anything particularly interesting. I, I'm, I'm flipping to basketball anyway, because I'm kind of tired of all the, the nonsense with football. So, and you know, they're constantly enabling violence, domestic abusers and, mm-hmm. Yep. You know, just the general, political stance generally. So I flipped the, the basketball. I was like, let's roll the Celtics. And it's been awesome. <laughs> there you go. All right. Cool. Yeah. I just, just, just know everyone, nine, nine, two was from New Jersey and still a Knicks fan. I just want to note that. <laughs> so I just want to just make sure everyone understands that. <laughs> oh, but I have been to a New Jersey Nets. Yes. Basketball game. That is a and, sad affair. That was, back in the day, that was back so in the day. depressing. <laughs> You, uh, do you mean? Are you talking about Brendan Beer and Arena? <laughs> oh no, no! I think at that point, it, 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 by the time I actually made it to a game, it wasn't named that anymore. But yeah, no, the, yeah, well, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Continental yeah. Airlines Arena, right, right. Oh, God, okay. so depressing. Yeah, the, it, it was a di- it was a different time back then for sure. But back to England. Yeah, back to England. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you would you get mad though if you were watching you know a Scottish Premier League game though? Oh, and also Celtic, who I follow in the Scottish Premier League, that right. is upsetting. Yeah, but also, yeah. I mean, mostly I'm just trying to figure out the accents, so it's hard to get upset because I don't always I don't understand what they're saying a lot of the time, <laughs> and neither do the people who are trying to do like the closed captioning because they just give up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the best part about watching Scottish football. I think I've, I've said, I may have said this on another podcast, but yeah, that's my favorite part about it is trying to watch people add this, uh, the closed captions for the announcers and then just giving up like five minutes, five five minutes at a time. <laughs> I love it. It's brilliant. See, I I love I love a, a, a 
Scott's talk, you know, is, is Scottish TikTok because there there is a, a treasure trove of amazingness on there. Um, I mean, not not just like you know really talented and great people on there, but there's a whole sequence of, of, of TikToks of Scottish people trying to say particular words, and 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 there's certain words that completely trip them up. And I don't, and, and again, it, and for example, there's I remember one. I saw a guy and I saw a girl like at separate points trying to say a uh, uh, burglary, and and they could, they could not for the life of them get it right. Like they tried like for the entire length of time on TikTok, you have they like admitted or so that they tried and they could not get it right. So it's it's very interesting because you you think that you know given Scott you know Gaelic you know is such a complex language, right? You would think that a crazy little English like you know English word like that wouldn't be too much trouble, but it's interesting. You know how, like you know how your tongue develops might you know develop a different type of way of processing sounds or voices, so to speak. So that was very cool. Wild, but I love the reactions too. So, so we're, we're at least we're back in the UK now. Yeah, no, we're, <laughs> at least, at least, at least, we're at we're at we're out of the US uh, at sports territory at least. So. <laughs> so I mean, so Naya, so what would be like you know aside from the the X scene we talked about on the bridge, is there any specific moment that you thought was like particularly you know, funny or poignant beyond that? I'm just curious to see well, what else you might have liked. I don't know about poignant, like, but, well, there was the the scene, I think, kind of the scene post um, when they go to that lecture and they, they it's tickets for Q, I think is the episode, maybe it's the second episode where they're they're going to see that lecture. They're blow up there and then like the the aftermath at the restaurant. That was pretty good too. It wasn't, wasn't bad. Oh yeah. I forgot. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. yeah I mean, ultimately, and, and you know, the, the stuff when trying to work through the, the issue with the mail, where they mail off all their all their faults to the, the adoption people. It's <laughs> a cool concept, and the fact that, that they funny. thought they could try and negotiate with Royal Mail because I've tried to negotiate with Royal Mail. They are sneaky people. <laughs> They're sneaky, cheeky bastards. But that's I didn't uh, know that. Like, there were there were some you know some generally interesting points, and like clearly the story, like it felt like the the folks who were putting together this from a story perspective know what they're doing because. You know, like the way they would kind of drop little hints around the uh, the flirtation from the the student, uh, yes. Jason's student, who, who was that was one of the called. nuggets. I was that was one of the nuggets I was going to mention. <laughs> like that could have been handled so much poorly, uh, but the way they did it was just throwing, keeping it nice and subtle, and and keeping your interest. Like when I saw that at the end of the third episode, I was like, oh, maybe maybe I'll I'll keep watching this a little bit. But I'm still, but it was really still a hard maybe at that point. Mm. Something that I really did appreciate that I'm not sure you would have fully appreciated if you hadn't lived there is just the like total obsession with bureaucracy in that country. Like the bureaucracy, <laughs> even like the, whatever it was, like the second scene of the whole series where they're there like saying like, all right, well, you know, you've used up all your allowance for uh, in vitro, you're out. So now you can go private or that's it. The NHS ain't helping you anymore. Yep. And you're like, yep, that sounds like what the NHS would do. I've, I've known lots of people who've gone through the NHS and it's, it's great because it's free, but it's also right. not like if you're used to American healthcare, it's definitely like a little maddening compared to what you can do with this country. Uh, and, you know, the whole going through adoption, I don't know how that would compare to going through the adoption process in the United States, but you know, I, I find that, you know, in this show, there's just this constant like list of things you need to do. Uh, and, you know, 
bureaucratic hurdles. Like even the fact that I think they alluded to this and that's something that if you get to later in the season, they have to like literally go before a panel to get approved to be like parents for of adoption. Like not like to approve the final child, like before you can even start like trying to match with kids, you have to go before a panel and get approved, which I, I that's like to my American ears, that sounds like a lot of bureaucracy and even, you know, by adoption standards, much higher than what you would go through in this country. I mean, think about this. Like how often have you ha- how often in any anyone's career out there have you had a, a panel interview? Like yeah. it's it's the concept is so in most people's minds antiquated. So like I I happen to have done one in my time. Um, didn't didn't get the position. I knew I, knew, I, I walked out of there. I'm like, this is not the place for me anyway. But I, I knew I wasn't gonna get the offer anyway. But yeah, it's it's intimidating. Definitely. I've I've talked to folks about adoption in the U.S. and I haven't heard about panel interviews per se, but I have heard about like a lot of multiple invasive like home visits, mm. even before like you get to that point. And then, mm. you know, follow up check-ins later. So I guess it's just a, a, that bureau- added level of bureaucracy in the UK. I, I don't think I could appreciate. And I'm, I don't know if that's probably worth, you know, continuing with the series. Just check that out because I'd be curious. I, I, I don't think I've had the panel uh, interview experience. I don't remember. Oh, no, I have for one job. I was for the federal government. Oh, uh, there you go. It ended up being partially a panel. Inter- there was a panel interview at some point and then just an interview, individual interview same day. And so that it was weird, but I mean, for me, it was actually a good experience. I wanted to get the job, but they ran, it was one of the times where I would have gotten the job if the funding was available, but they were cutting Mm -hmm. their budgets at the time, which was really annoying. But I actually really enjoyed that panel interview because we ended up talking about lighting design for a while. (laughs) Like very random. And no no loaves of bread were involved? None. That's amazing. (laughs) No, no one's understand that joke, but it's fine. But yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> Took yeah, it, it. yeah, yeah, it's, 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 at some point we'll have to, we'll have to talk, maybe that'll be like a nice little Easter egg at some point. We'll have to like, you know, we'll have a discussion about random things we might've mentioned that had no consequence in actual discussions, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, but if anything else, yeah, I think that, 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 that aspect of it is going to be very interesting to see as well across, you know, the bureaucracy, that bureaucracy element for sure. Cause Yeah. Again, it, we don't think about things we, we, unless we've you've, you've had an opportunity like Jason to live, you know, for an extended period of time in you know another country. It's interesting to see how Americans can kind of take their kind of conceptual ideas on what healthcare adoption, you know, you know, even just getting around and just living someplace. It's a whole other kind of mindset in some ways. The NH, I'll be honest, your description of the NHS still doesn't seem that bad because, I mean, they're, you know. You get a certain amount of care for free, and then you have to go private. Okay. Well, in the U.S., you could just pay a lot of stuff up front, and you could go bankrupt, and then maybe just <laughs> not. So, like, or just live with some horrible chronic illness. So I still, th- I still feel like the NHS might w- win out a little bit. Might just edge it out slightly. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, well, except for when they, you know. Push back, push back, push back your, uh, you know, your appointment with them. And then they go, oh, look at this mole. Let me go test it. And then they push that back and push that back. And, oh, it's and they finally, yeah. my opt-in. I had a friend. 
he got a biopsy. It took him six months to give him his results. Oh my God. All right. Jeez. And it was cancer. Uh, and it was cancer. Wow. Fortunate. And he's like, I should have been getting treatment for the last six months. And they're like, sorry, we're busy. Too busy for cancer, huh? Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I could go on for days. I've like know so many people who have like stories like that from the NHS. Wow. But it's free. So, you know, right. And everyone's like, just like these characters in the show, they're like, well, I don't want to, you know, pay for it. I'm used to getting it all for free. So everyone like just gets used to that and, and doesn't think of it. Whereas in America, we know going in, anytime you break something, you're like, well, that's five grand out the window. Right. Okay. Right. Well, at the same time, it's like, you know, I think that, you know, I don't, I don't want to go too far into the healthcare discussion here, basically, but I think that, you know, we spend so much time reacting to, incidents or you know or or in this case a mole or where the case is and you know i think that if we spent that much more time thinking about you know legitimate you know supportive preventative medicine you know and, and nutrition etc across the board that there's a thousand things we could avoid mm-hmm. i think i mean I, I, you know again you know that's that's neither here nor there but yeah but it, again it's interesting again it was i think like i said i think i think this is an interesting point because we're getting, you know, living in in living in London, trying to adopt in London, and then eventually, you know, there's probably be other aspects that you know we'll if we continue on, we'll know about in later seasons. I'm assuming so. Mm. Okay, so uh, Dan, let's let's start with you, Dan, and then I'll ask the same question of you, Nyan. Um, are are you planning on continuing the series? You think? Yeah. I think, like I said, I'm going to definitely get through season one, I think. And then I'm going to see where, where it leaves me and see if, like, you know, if I'm still feeling it at that point. And then, you know, I, I, I guess that I, I'm, I'm 99% sure that regardless if I continue or not, that Cheryl will continue. So I think I'm, I'm very certain that she will continue no matter what. I'm a big old maybe. Because, uh, again, I, I didn't hate it, but didn't it wasn't enough to pull me in. I might give it a couple more episodes to kind of give it a go. I, Kate wasn't interested, so hmm. it'll be a solo endeavor. The one thing that ah. kind of might keep me interested is I'm kind of curious to see how, no spoilers, it, t- I'm assuming that eventually they'll get a kid. Uh, but if they do, in terms of how they deal with discussing adoption, I'm curious because I know folks who have family hmm. members who have were adopted, but I don't know if they've ever been told. And those those family members hmm. are like you know quite old at this point. And so, but it's never been clear as to whether or not that person knows if they're adopted. So you you have family members that you know were adopted, but they don't know they're adopted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or at least I don't. Supposedly they were told, but it's not clear that they fully comprehended, and then it was never discussed again. So mm. it's a little weird. And then there there are just comments that are made every once in a while. I was like, oh, I don't think you know. Also, it's not my not my responsibility to tell you. Or maybe to even bring it up on a podcast you might listen to someday. So oh. I don't know if you'll, they'll be able to piece it together. We'll see. Um, maybe they know already. It's so confusing and unclear. But that might be an, <laughs> something I'd be curious to see how they handle uh, to the extent that it comes up. If that happens, I'm all, I'd, be, I'd be all about doing the, the French fry walrus technique. I'm all over that. Yeah. From, from, from the, that from was the, cute. From the fast That's food scene, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, maybe for me. Okay. Well, that's what we thought.
Well, that happened, folks, which uh, brings us to the end of another episode of the Watch OK, Please podcast. We hope you had a good time listening to us spout more nonsense today and hope you join us next week for another exercise in futility. In the meantime, please rate and review us on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or just tell a friend about us. Until next week, keep on watching. <laughs>